Hello and welcome to another episode on the Total Space Network. I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. Today we are taking a deep dive look into sea launch platforms and SpaceX's plans to launch from oil rigs. With me today is... Uh, Felix from the YouTube channel What About It? And I'm another space nut, regular here at Total Space. So on Monday we had a little bit of hype train going on. <laughs> when hop. When hop, yeah, serial number nine, uh, uh, SpaceX's latest Starship prototype, and uh, yeah, it didn't launch, but uh, we're still and we're still waiting. And there's this internal joke that started, I think, on La Padre, um, that people are asking when hop because it is so hard to predict when that thing is actually going to take off. It's basically, it's impossible right now. We're hoping for Thursday right now. Yeah, hopefully by Thursday, so it would be would have been flying by this episode will be released oh yeah right we're talking to the future yeah <laughs> so predictions on the hop will it land i don't have my crystal ball with me <laughs> um uh, chances are higher than with uh serial number eight serial number eight didn't launch because of a faulty pressurization system on the methane tank which is in the middle of the two main tanks and so that resulted in an, in an oxygen-rich combustion and the engines couldn't put out the thrust they wanted them to put out. And they have fixed that uh, with uh, serial number nine, uh, which has a helium pressurization system. It's probably a temporary system, but it's a it's an easy and quick fix. Um, so that is sorted. But we're talking about uh, prototypes and there can be tons of sleeping design mistakes in there still that still have to show themselves. And um, that is really hard to predict on, on, on one launch we've had so far. Um, so my prediction would be 50-50 that it sticks the landing. That is higher than with serial number eight, though, because there my prediction was maybe 30%. So it's climbing, um, but we'll have to wait and see. It's prototyping. So it is really, really hard to tell if it'll actually um, behave the same way serial number eight did. Yeah, I agree about 50-50. And definitely the helium is a good way to make sure that there will be pressure on the tanks. Yeah, exactly. It can't be the permanent solution, though, because uh, they they will not want to be dependent on helium on Mars. So they'll have to find a a different solution for the future. But it's a good fix for now. Uh, And it's an easy one because SpaceX already knows the system. They are pressurizing uh, Falcon 9 tanks, are pressurized with helium. It's a common thing. So they know what they're doing there. Uh, and it'll do for now, basically. Yeah. How about you, Nat? What's your prediction? I'm more optimistic. I would say 60 to 70% chance I think they're going to stick the landing. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a look at what sea launch platform there has been. I mean, first one was, of course, the one named Sea Launch, which is a multinational spacecraft launch company founded in 1995, and it provided orbital launch services from 1999 to 2014. The company used a mar- mobile maritime pla- launch platform for equatorial launches of commercial payloads uh, with a specialized Zenit 3SL rockets from former mobile floating oil drilling named Odyssey. Yep, exactly. Have you seen any of those launches in video? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, 
It's the one that basically did the most. They did, how many launches did they do? 30, 30 something, 32, 33. They had a few failures, I think three three failures or something like that. But overall, um, it's by far the most sea launches uh, we've seen if we don't take in uh, nuclear missiles from submarines. Um, so if we if we go to the commercial sector, that is the one that uh, that actually thrived for a while. It's not in business anymore, but it did quite a few launches. Um, yeah, I, I saw saw a few of them. Yeah, and they they did have thirty two launches, like you said. Yeah. And in addition to that, there was three failures and one partial failure, and all of the satellites were intended for geostationary orbit. And I think there was even an explosion on the pad. Yeah, there was. <laughs> it's a good thing on a sea launch, though, um, because there's uh, it. It does it. It only endangers uh, the launch complex itself. Uh, um, even if it, even if it explodes um, early after launch, there's nothing but sea around it. So that is one of the benefits of a sea launch, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And if we take a look at the rocket. The Zenit 3SL, it's actually not that much smaller than Falcon 9. Its height is about 60 meters and diameter of 3.9 meters, so it's actually even a bit wider than Falcon 9. Yeah, wow. Uh, I I don't know off the top of my head. What was the payload cap- uh, capacity? Well, it had only uh, to the geostationary orbit, so there was about six tons. Oh, it's pretty good, though. Yeah, I think that's about the same Falcon 9 does in recoverable mode. Yeah, yeah, about very nice. Yeah, well, the obvious benefit of a sea launch platform is not only that you don't endanger anything, which you don't want to do anyway. Um, it's that you can you can move the platform basically, and that's what sea launch was able to do as well. And so they were able to 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 launch from the equator, basically from the equator, uh, which is uh, an amazing ability if you can choose where to launch from completely freely. Normally, you would have to build uh, a launch complex where you want to launch the rocket. And with the sea launch platform, you're mobile, basically. Not not as mobile as a boat, but mobile. Yeah. And I mean, on the, uh, you know, touching on the versatility side of that, we are seeing new companies take that approach as well, like SpaceX, With their recent investment of two oil rigs, uh, we've also got Black Arrow Space Technologies in the UK that are planning to launch from uh, recovered cargo vessels as well mm-hmm. to give them the same advantage that the sea launch system had. Yep. And you know, go, going forward, I think that's going to be important as we start to populate uh, the skies with more and more satellites. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing about sea launches is that uh, every company that uh, Uh, goes on that journey that picks that way of launching rockets has a slightly different reason for doing so. Uh, for the UK company, it's most likely that they have to find a trajectory they can launch out of. And with a sea launch platform, you can do that easily. Um, uh, for sea launch, it was uh, it was that they could launch close to the equator. And for SpaceX, it is that it is going to be really hard to launch starships from land uh, anywhere because um, if a starship has a failure <laughs> and if it even if it doesn't have a failure was what what is it 75 meganewtons of thrust uh from a super heavy that is yeah right about 
in comparison to the Saturn V, which had 35 meganewtons of thrust, that that is just an immense amount of sound and shock waves. And so they 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 basically have to go for sea launches, which is a very interesting problem to have. Um, that your rocket is so big that you basically can't launch it from Kennedy Space Center or Boca Chica in that in that regard. Uh, we'll we'll likely see some some prototype launches from from out of there, uh, but I, I I still don't think that we'll ever see uh, twenty eight Raptor engines uh, super heavy launching out of Boca Chica. So I yeah, mean, there's there's things like the when we see the current Falcon architecture returning to land, and we've seen some really good footage of the sonic booms. The entry booms created. You know, think about the Fal- uh, sorry, the super heavy uh, doing entry booms on land, and these sea platforms then start to make sense. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So they all have a slightly different reason for it. It's always um, a, a very special way to go because it also, I mean, obviously, it's much easier to build a, a launch complex on land. Uh, for 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 a sea, you have to think of all sorts of stuff. Uh, you have to minimize the equipment that you take with you because you have a finite space. Um, if you land from if you if you launch from land, um, it doesn't matter how your fuel farm is is organized or how much space you have uh, for your launch tower or how heavy it is and so on and so forth. And for a sea launch platform, you have all sorts of restrictions there. So it's 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 always interesting to um when I did my research for um I had an episode on What About It where I talked about SpaceX's plan to turn Dymos and Phobos, the 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 two oil oil rigs that they bought, um how they turn them into into sea uh, launch platforms. I of course did some research, and uh, yeah, you're 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 quite restricted, and you you have to uh, you're solving one thing, but you're you're presented with a with a whole bunch of new problems. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what SpaceX actually does, how they how they first empty the oil rigs and then slowly transform them into something that is capable of launching uh, starships uh, from such a remote place. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and the process of cleaning the oil equipment, I think it will take at least six months, even a year. Yeah, agreed. Maybe I'm, I'm more in the year to one and a half years area right now. It's, it's, it takes a long time. Yeah, I'd say Q1, Q2 of 2022, we should expect to see offshore operations start to take shape. Going to be a long journey for SpaceX figuring out all sorts of things. Um, it, it would be interesting to research into if they have any contact with Sea uh, Launch, for example. It'll be very difficult to have contact with China about wh- how they are doing it. Uh, but maybe they can get some experts uh, who worked at Sea Launch to um, to figure out the the in the quickest way how to actually modify the oil rigs because it's uh, yeah it's it's a whole bunch of new problems there. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. If any Sealons employees are unemployed, SpaceX would definitely <laughs> think about hiring them. Yeah, it's it's really hard to get people who are actually who who have any sort of experience with that because it's a rare thing. Yeah, and since you mentioned China, they are the second, not a company but government, who have done Sealons, and they have done it with Long March Eleven rocket. And their unmanned ship was about 110 meters by 80 meters. 
So that's quite a bit bigger than, for example, SpaceX's drone ships. Yep. Yeah, it's a completely different thing again. And it shows that any company that actually picks this way of launching rockets is trying to solve a different set of problems with it. Uh, China had yet another another approach, and they just recently announced that they are going to do three more sea launches this year. So that is uh, very interesting to see that they are continuing down that road. It wasn't just a test, um, but it actually looks like they they see this as a feasible option and to solve their set of problems. Any Anyone who's moving their rocket launches out to sea has a special set of problems to solve. Yeah. yeah. And... Their Long March 11 rocket, it's much smaller than the sea launch, sea launch variant. Uh, it's uh, a solid state rocket and its payload to low, low Earth orbit is around 700 kilograms. So, yeah, it's quite tiny. a bit less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If Compare it to this. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody watching this hasn't seen that launch, it's interesting to see how they get it off the platform. It's almost like they catapult the Long March 11 first off the platform and then send it to space. We'll link that video under this one. Yeah, it kind of it, it, sim it looks similar to submarine launches in its appearance. Yeah, yet another yeah. approach, definitely. Yeah, and this actually is around the same class as some of the other small sat rockets. And I mean, air launch would be quite similar to sea launch because both of the launch types can go to equatorial orbits. Yeah, they both have the benefit that you that you can move the the place that you launch out of. Basically, yeah, it offers versatility as well. You know, we've seen a lot of the times the Ranger Kennedy Space Center will be closed because X-Rocket is due and uh, was scrubbed on day one. So day two now is launch attempt number two. The range is closed for everything else. So everything else gets pushed back. And, you know, with these sea launch platforms or these sea launch systems, it opens up the ability to be more versatile and stop these bottlenecks from range violations and things like that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's a very flexible way of launching if you can manage to do it. Um, they've all had their backsets in the beginning, uh, their their um, their own problems to deal with. Uh, whether it's a sea launch or actually, it's a that's a good example uh, right there. Um, um, air launches are comparable to sea launches because they have the same reasoning behind them, and all of them had their problems to solve. So it's not comparable to launching a rocket from land, and um, that is why I'm looking forward to um, SpaceX's two oil rigs so much right now to see what they come up with. Because if SpaceX is known for anything, it's out of the box thinking. And it's going to be really interesting to see if they pick something similar to Sea Launch or to, to the Long March rockets, or if they g come up with a completely new way. Even though it's an oil rig, it's an oil rig comparable to Sea Launch, it could be that in the end, it turns out to be a completely different thing. Um, there are th theories, for example, out there right now that uh, every oil rig has something called a moon pool. Um, that is basically a hole in the middle of the oil rig where the drill goes down as well. And you could utilize that uh, structural, uh, uh, that element uh, to, to, to lower uh, a starship and the super heavy into the structure of the, of the oil rig and, and have easier accessibility um, towards the starship because it doesn't uh, stick out so much on top and all these kinds of things. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what SpaceX comes up with, definitely. 
And off the back of that, there's even, you know, uh, me, you and Jettison Guy were discussing at the beginning of last year even the potential of places like Sealand being retrofitted to take a booster inside hollow legs. So it could just mount a starship on as it comes in, lands, gets mounted at a reasonable height so it's not a, a really tall crane and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was sort of a year ago that we were sat discussing that and now yeah. we're seeing the foundations of that, as you were saying about those moon pools as well, like it, you know, I think the the other, other important thing is to think about the wildlife, the, the marine wildlife, like mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a lot of systems in place that can disperse marine wildlife for a, a fairly vast distance, so you know, when, when people are thinking about sea launch systems, um, so, you know, it does sort of almost sometimes raise these environmental questions uh, rightfully so yeah and there is solutions out there and i would imagine that if there isn't a viable solution for spacex there's a very good chance that their uh, chief engineer will just disrupt another industry to make sure that he's there <laughs> yeah you every have you always have to expect that with spacex I, I think they go for bubble curtains there um i've had that on an episode before as well because of course uh, that question was raised immediately when I started talking about it last year, uh, when the first uh, information came up uh, from Elon Musk himself uh, that they were considering using offshore launches. Um, the question came up immediately, and rightfully so. If you have a 75 mega newton booster, you uh, you ignite. Um, directly above the surface of the water, basically. The shock waves translate into the water, and inside the water, sound can propagate incredibly much more than uh, in the air. Um, It transmits the sounds uh, over hundreds of miles, and then, for example, whales and um, fish uh, can actually be harmed by by these shock waves, and so, but if you have a bubble curtain that completely disrupts these shock waves, these sound shock waves propagating through the water, um, so there are quite a few systems already developed for that. Because, for example, if you um, if you install uh, an oil rig, you have to start a drilling into the ground and that creates a lot of noise and so there already are systems in place to 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 mitigate this problem um yeah it's going to be very very interesting to see what spacex comes up with there definitely yeah so let's start speculating how spacex will actually accomplish this Uh, framrick has a question and he's asking, will they use pipelines to transfer CH4 and LOX to the platform or will they use LNG and LOX tanker ships? So I think will, will they use pipes or ships to transport methane and oxygen? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll use ships, at least in the beginning, because uh, uh, laying down pipes on the ocean floor is expensive and it uh, takes a lot of permits because you have to go through areas that might be protected and things like that. So it is everybody who's followed pipeline building before in the news knows that this can cause trouble and problems. And so it is, it's not that easy. If you could just lay down the pipe and be left alone with, with your project, it would be a nice thing to do, but it normally isn't. It, 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 it you have to comp- uh, apply, comply to tons of regulations there if you want to do that. So the easier way would be to go with tanker ships. I was even thinking uh, that in theory, you could t- remove the whole fuel farm from the oil rig with ships. Because uh, if you connect, if the ship has a connector and the oil rig has a connector, it could work 
as a fuel farm, a mobile fuel farm that just after the launch returns to 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 the shore to the port, uh, gets ref- refilled, and it it goes out to the to to the platform again for the next launch. So that that could be an option, I think. Um, but the pipeline will, in the at least in the beginning, if they don't want to add another five years to their plan. The ship would be the better option, I think, in the beginning. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. And with a couple of big ships, they could actually do multiple launches per day and go refill overnight or on the weekends. How many? I mean, they could they could do a few days with one tanker ship, probably. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's uh, these ships have a lot of volume, and if SpaceX outfits them, uh, um, especially for the for the to accommodate that job, uh, they could have. Uh, um, well, the connector wouldn't be that easy, easy, I guess, but uh, still, it would be it would be an option. It's like I said, it's a good question, and it's going to be really interesting to see what SpaceX comes up with. They'll they'll they are being they are solving a few problems by using sea launch platforms, but they are also adding a, a few new problems so yeah it'll take a, a lot of good engineering yeah that would fit elon's motto the best part is no part because yeah. if you don't have to get tanks on the launch platform yeah why not it'll free up space as well um, um spacex has already said that they are also going to use their sea launch platforms for point-to-point travel and if you want to do that you have to accommodate the people um, you have to have some sort of lounge, maybe even a duty-free area or something, because you're going to be a, 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 an airport essentially, and that takes about that takes even more space that they have to dedicate to that task, and so on and so forth. So SpaceX will want to free up as much space as they can, basically, or modify the the um, the the sea launch platform in that way so that uh, it may it might have me- i think right now these these ensco rigs that they bought for the task have four stories um maybe they can they can even uh, up that number add add more floors to the construction um but that'll take time so yeah again it'll be really interesting to see what spacex comes up with there that is um a, a big project and something completely new Nobody has ever done what SpaceX wants to do with uh, sea launches. Yeah, for sure. And Framrick has a second question. Will the flame diverter f- blast down into the ocean or divert sideways over the ocean surface? Good question. Um, it's hard to, to answer. Both both systems would be viable options, I guess. But uh, I think blasting down would make the most sense because it takes um little structure um and it would be it I, I, the question is what does the ocean do if 75 mega newtons of thrust hit it <laughs> i'm missing the numbers on that so it's really hard to 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 really have a have a have a a good answer to it uh, but if possible i think spacex will go with, with uh downforce with uh just by by blasting the ocean yeah that would be my guess, too. Yeah, the easiest solution. If it is doable, I don't know what the ocean does with uh, seventy-five mega newtons of thrust. Does it? Have... Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> All the rockets they are <laughs> launching right now from sea are far smaller than what SpaceX is trying to do. I think so it just makes a big hole through to the other side, doesn't it? Seventy-five mega. <laughs> a big hole through to the other side. What do you mean? 
like 75 mega newtons of thrust just burns right through to the other side of the earth yeah it could be <laughs> say hi to china <laughs> well speaking of 70 plus mega newtons and the sound uh, how far will the platforms be from the land what do you think well, um, uh, Elon Musk has already said that it would need, what was it, eight miles of uh, exclusion zone for a super heavy launch. So that would technically do. Uh, and they will want to have the platforms as close to the shore as possible because they are not intending to move to the to to the equator. Um, as said before, every company that chooses sea launches has a different set of problems to solve. And for SpaceX, it isn't location um, because Starships will be very capable. And so the location uh, doesn't make a big difference. If you launch from, from, from North Carolina or if you launch from the equator, it doesn't really make a big difference for, for Starship. So um, the reason why they're doing it is so they do not do any cause any harm to population around it. So the minimum should do. Um, and if they, I, I was re researching into if it would make any sense if they go into in international waters to have less regulations but i think that wouldn't be I, I i've done some research into it and i think that wouldn't be of any interest for them because they they wouldn't get they would gain little from it and they would be they would add a lot of time to refueling and transporting rockets and so on and so forth because uh, at sea a barge um carrying a super heavy is not quick it it moves at three, four knots or something like that. So it is rather slow. And if if then the platform is 150 kilometers or so uh, away from the coast, it takes a lot of time for it to arrive there. And so I think they'll go with the minimum. So let's say, I don't know, 20 miles, maybe something like that. Yeah, I would agree there. And if they want to keep the launch control center on land, they shouldn't go too far. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. they would have to have another launch platform for that one or a ship. Exactly. Yeah, a ship would be possible there. Oh, wow. That's another nice uh, possibility. Imagine a launch control center on a dedicated ship. Mm, juicy. That's a really nice topic, <laughs> definitely. Um, we're, we're all going to have a lot of fun seeing what SpaceX does next. Definitely. How about the booster transportation? Will they use ships like ULA or would they just decide to fly? Yeah, I've... Uh, and uh, Nut is already nodding his head. What do you think? I think the launch mount we're seeing get built down in Boca Chica now is going to be used to hop to these platforms in the Gulf. So that, although we're not going to see any orbital flights from there, we might still see regular flights from there, just smaller, lower altitude hops to uh, the, the offshore platforms. Mm. I think if you transport it by sea, as you've already said, um, at, f at four knots an hour, even 20 miles out seems like a sluggish pace to get to carrying a uh, large mass like the super heavy boosters, like the Starship system. And it just makes more sense if both, both parts are fully reusable. So just hop both parts out there one after the other for stacking and the top up of fuel ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, it probably all depends on um, if SpaceX can actually get to the numbers they want to get to. If they can actually bring the Starships and the Super Heavies down to that insanely low amount of maintenance they are um, thinking of right now, which would be unprecedented. Any other rocket, even the Falcon 9, um, um, 
just needs a lot more preparation for a launch. Um, it, it, we're talking weeks, not hours. And SpaceX wants to go down to hours. If they can manage to do that, I think you're right, definitely. Um, if they can go down to that little amount of maintenance, why not hop it over? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think of transporting an airplane by truck to the next airport because you want to launch it there. Uh, you would just fly it over there, of course. So yeah, it, that would be... Um, Actually, that would be a good reason for the for the orbital launch mount they are building in Boca Chica right now. It still is a big riddle to me. I remember the times when I thought it was a water tower? That is why. I, yeah. I, still, I still don't get the construction without the flame diverter and everything. And uh, then also that they, they'll need that big exclusion zone, which they can't get in Boca Chica. You cannot evacuate South Padre Island for a launch. That, that doesn't work. So, yeah, it's still kind of a riddle for me. But yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think we'll see a smaller variant of the original crane design that we saw from SpaceX that will just put singular units on the mounts as opposed to seeing the elongated one with a super heavy booster and a Starship mounted there. I think what we're going to see is just a general purpose um, launching stand and it's no flame diverters needed because you don't need the full throttle of what the Raptor engine's capable of uh, and mass and and hence there's no need for the flame diverter, there's no need for this crane system that everybody's curious about and where are we going to fit a capture system in there. There's just none of that. We can worry about that offshore and then just use it as a hot platform. That's genuinely believe that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely possible. Yeah, I tend to agree. It would make a lot of a lot more sense then, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I do agree with you. They will definitely be hoping because again, it will take one extra ship out from the equation. Yeah, if they can, if they can get to these numbers, it's still prototyping, and uh, it's all still fictional. And they'll have to see if they can actually. It's a rocket. We're talking rockets. We've never had that before. Of course, you can say that about many things that SpaceX and Elon Musk's companies in general have achieved. That they are, they always achieve stuff that no one has done before. But it's a crazy big task to get such a huge rocket down to hours of maintenance just hours because i mean to, yeah. put that, to put that into perspective the uh, the reason the shuttle program was a disaster was because it was supposed to be a reusable space plane and then they'd take it apart for nine months after every flight yeah and so it just couldn't meet the launch cadence to make the cost of development back you know, and, and as you pointed out, you know, even Falcons that are he heavily reusable still spend the best part of two months going under a fine-tooth comb to make sure that everything's perfect and the systems are good and operational and that there's a minimal risk of, uh, you know, any, any unpredicted event during uh, its next flight. And to do that with not only something that is going to be fully reusable and uh, capable of launching three times per day. I say that with air quotes because some people doubt that that, that will be a thing for, for each ship. Um, but, you know, to do that on the biggest launch system ever built is just a mind-boggling task. And add to that sea launch. So you won't even have the facility you would have on land to do the maintenance. You would have a, an oil rig, a modified oil rig, where you have to... Um, do the maintenance for a starship in in a few hours it's i plenty of people have called me a, a spacex fanboy and i wouldn't I, I i i strongly disagree i'm fascinated by the starship um 
who in who uh, i mean many many people are because uh, if you're into space and if you're into rockets that's the the place to look at right now it's 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 just amazing what they're doing but i'm still skeptical of that three launches per day thing with a few hours of maintenance because it's so hard to grasp the idea that they could actually do that um even if you have a brand new falcon 9 booster it does not lift off 3 hours after it leaves the factory it it's not possible. They, you can't. Even, even, even the preparations leading up to launch take a few days right now. Um, so, doing it in three hours is, uh, to me, still um, kind of out of reach. I'm, 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 I'm crossing my fingers as everybody else is. Um, but it sounds so fantastic, you know, um, to to just landed catch catch the booster landed and then in 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 fast forward just stack another starship on top refuel it and light the candle it's you know wow (laughs) and if they can pull that off on a sea launch platform it would it would even be more difficult than 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 at land on land so tough 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 task definitely definitely and do you think they would use the same oil rigs for starling Starlink, sorry, Starship and Booster Landing. Those are quite a bit smaller than original renders by Nick Henning, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did this. I did that render that you're talking about with together with him. Um, and that is the reason why it was so big, because we couldn't imagine that uh, SpaceX would actually... It's the it's you have space constraints everywhere on oil rigs. If you want to install a, a, a just a, a launch platform for a normal sized rocket, is difficult to do. But for a Starship, it's even more difficult. So um, there is this idea circulating in the community right now that uh, that you could atta- that you could um, um, attach the two to uh, oil rigs together to form one bigger platform out of it. But that is not that easy um, because the pontons underwater um, basically make it impossible. Um, you would have to change the whole structure of the oil rigs and then it gets really expensive and takes a lot of time and so on and so forth. So I think they'll keep them separate, uh, separated. And uh, my, my theory right now is that um, one of them is going to be used in the Gulf of Mexico and the other one is actually going to travel over to Florida because they will want to uh, to be able to launch in one place and land in another. And that would be that first that first route they can basically take. You need to have a specialized facility to make a super heavy booster land because you cannot land it L- LZ1 or 2 uh, where the Falcon rockets right now are landing at, because it's just too big. And so you need to have a separate place where it can also land if you want to do a distance flight. And I think that's the plan in the beginning is to have two separate places where you can launch and land. And I think they are going to land them on the rigs. Yes. Um, barge, ship, barge slash ship would be possible um even uh just read the instructions and of course i still love you would in theory be big enough to 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 wait so that you could land a super heavy on it they have immense uh, that's something i recently learned actually like half a year ago or so I, i i researched into the topic of how much these barges these uh autonomous drone ships as they are called um can actually carry and they can carry a lot so the the weight wouldn't be the problem but the size might be because it's um 
it's nine meters in diameter. The booster is huge. And so, yeah, again, a, a unique set of new problems. And I think the, the plan behind the two oil rigs right now is to have two separate places. So you can launch in one place and land in the other and uh, vice versa. And um, so I think they are going to try to land them on the rigs initially. And I mean, there's no shortage of these rigs, is there? Because currently, if you have been operating a rig in the Gulf, the average cost to pull that back to land and take it apart in a safe way for the environment is around 10 million US. Mm-hmm. You know, the companies would likely be paying people to take these rigs off their hand. There's a vast amount currently sat in the Gulf for hundreds. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and. So there's no shortage of these rigs. So even if after 10, 20, 30 launches, one of these breaks, you know, where it's it's the rocket industry, we're used to seeing limited reusability, even on reusable rockets. You know, we've only got Falcons uh, still in their early numbers of reusable uh, functions. So we could see the same from old oil rigs. Definitely, yeah. It's a genius plan to use to utilize old oil rigs and uh, um, remake them. I was actually uh, surprised when I learned that SpaceX paid three and a half million each. I thought initially my thought was they would receive money because they, the, the companies uh, they are stuck with these oil rigs once the well is dry, uh, once they don't need the oil rig anymore, and it's and they are full of harmful substances. So you have to apply to tons of regulations if you want to recycle them, if you want to um, deconstruct them. Um, it's difficult. It's not just uh, uh, get a cutter and and cut it down and move it to a scrapyard. Um, so yeah, I was actually surprised that they had to pay money, even though it was so little compared to the initial construction cost was more than three hundred million, and they bought them for three point five million each, which is a bargain. So yeah, there's tons of oil rigs out there that are just waiting for SpaceX to to recycle them and to to turn them into sea launch platforms. Which they might have to do if they actually go with the point-to-point travel with the starships, because then they'll need tons of these offshore launch and landing platforms. Um, because if you want to provide such a network, um, you will need them in, in on every major coastal city offshore. You need one of these platforms. So better get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if we look even more to the future, when people would be traveling on starships. Do you think they will be traveling there by a ship or maybe even Hyperloop? Mm, I haven't thought of that. Um, Hyperloop would be difficult, I think, um, because you'd have to, it's a static tube that you have to attach to something that moves. Mm, I don't, I, I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, but I think initially it'll be boats and maybe, maybe, um, helicopters, something like that. Um, VTOL. I know there's a VTOL lot. electric uh, supersonic jets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that could be. I know Elon. That, uh, there's been a lot of speculation on Twitter over the last year or two since part two of Elon Musk's master plan. Mm-hmm. But then if if you look at the original issue with VTOL technology, it's the battery energy density. Yeah. And Tesla just so happened to have now created a new disruptive, uh, much more dense battery which could be suggestive that they are trying to produce uh, autonomous VTOLs. Yeah, that would definitely fit. Yeah, and Framerick is saying hydrofoils would be one choice. Ooh, stylish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and 
speaking of personnel on the oil rig, uh, when SpaceX would be providing uh, providing point-to-point travel, would they have any personnel on the oil rig? Or would they evacuate all to another ship or take all the people with the Starship? They'd have to. Yeah, there's no other way around it. You have to have an exclusion zone every time you launch a rocket, no matter how secure it is. Uh, you can't stand next to an A380 either when it when it takes off. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they would have to, basically. There's no other way. Every time you launch or land, you have to evacuate the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Another unique problem. There you go. So it's uh, there are so many people right now talking on the internet that this will be an easy thing to do and what a genius plan. There's a whole set of complex problems to solve by SpaceX to get this thing going and they'll have to be quick because they want to launch them as soon as possible into orbit and um, what's missing is the launch platform. So yeah, it's a it's a difficult task, definitely. We'll see a lot of workforce uh, entering these two oil rigs uh, over the next few months, they they will be turn into ants' nests um, if they want to actually stick stick to the plan of of uh, what did Elon say? The last info we got from him that we might see orbital launches in twenty twenty one. That is, they'll have to work quickly to do that. So yeah, we'll, we're in for a, 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 an exciting ride there as well. And I'm pretty sure that many locals uh, will be taking pictures and do flyovers to 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 get the the latest secrets out of SpaceX's work in the harbor. Definitely. The uh, the elitists of rocket followers that are dedicating ninety percent of their life to standing in the freezing cold or the boiling hot. To keep us all up to date with the latest from Boca Chica. Yeah. Uh, there's actually one thing I'd like to add to the qu- question of if they would hop them or uh, use a barge to move them to the to the to the sea uh, launch platforms. I think initially they'll use boats because they are building a road. Um, they're building a connection road between Highway Four and uh, Boca Chica uh, and Brownsville Harbor. Um, and I think the reason for that is that in the end, it, it goes hand in hand with the problem that I named of reducing the maintenance time. Um, because if you, if you, if you hop the booster over to the sea launch platform and you are not down to three or four hours of maintenance time yet, uh, but a week or two, um, which would be more in the normal time window to do something like that, um, you'll lose time actually if you don't use a boat. And so in the, I think in the beginning, um, it'll be barges, and later on we might see um, the hops to the platforms. Yeah. And at this point, I would like to uh, allow our listeners to ask any questions if they want. I just have one question uh, for Felix. Do you think uh, that the accommodation block and the uh, control room do you think they're going to be on a separate unit so they can uh, stand off during a launch and landing? Mm, what exactly do you mean? Uh, in other words, uh, a separate barge, separate from the oil rig for accommodation and control room so they can evacuate uh, uh, the actual launch platform during uh, uh, operations. Yeah, I think so. 
it, it, you can leave remote cameras and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you have a, a um, they're using Boston Dy Dynamics robots right now to inspect uh, uh, stuff like that. You could you could do that, but you cannot have any personnel on the rig while the rocket launches, um, especially because if you if you're launching 28, the, as we said before, it's 28 Raptor engines and uh, 75 mega newtons of thrust. Yes. You do not want to be standing next to that. So uh, yeah, they would have to have some sort of dedicated ship um, that the personnel can can evacuate to and uh, but if the if the platform is not too far away from the land so if we're talking 10 miles or something you you could actually have the control center on the land um so that, that would be that would be an option excellent thank you you're welcome i've been mikko the host of deep dive fridays awesome talk and would you tell people where they can find you Okay. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me again. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here. Um, ask me again. I, I would love to join again. Uh, so I'm Felix, the host of uh, What About It, uh, a YouTube channel. Um, you can easily find if you type in SpaceX, <laughs> but you can also, of course, look for the name. We also have a website called whataboutit.space. Uh, where you can find the latest uh, thoughts and ideas uh, brought down. It's 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 right now under construction, as as everything is on what about it as always. Um, but yeah, um, you can the best way to find us is either on the YouTube channel or on Twitter uh, is at Felix Schlang. We have just released a new website, totalspace.net. So check that out if you haven't seen it. And not what you tell about Patreon. Yeah, we do have a Patreon uh, if anybody likes what we're doing here today and would like to support us on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash total space. And, you know, if, uh, we've got things like a uh, uh, supporters Discord server where you can come and join our ever-growing list of eavesdrop listeners when we're recording like we are right now, um, as well as uh, support our cause in... Uh, bringing space entertainment to you guys. And we do have some merch. Would you show your t-shirt? Yeah, um, <laughs> this is probably not the best example, but um, we do have Total Space merch. And there's going to be more um, added soon to the store over the coming days. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. And thank you once again, Felix, for joining us today. It's a pleasure.